Well, if you're following along in the Bibles, you can open them to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I'd like to talk this morning about consolation. Consolation. Consolation, uh, that word in the Greek means comfort. Exhortation, or exhortation means to encourage, to comfort, and to be of good comfort. So that's, uh, I like that. I, uh, I like having consolation. I like being in the place or frame of mind or position where I am uh, in comfort and, and have good comfort about things. I, that's, that's a very good feeling. It's a very good place to be. So let me ask you, do you have consolation or good comfort about our country as we watch all the things that goes on in the news, uh, you see different protestings and So do you have good consolation about our country? Do you have good consolation about our economy and inflation and and things like that? Do you have good comfort about that? Do you have consolation or good comfort about our political leaders? You have a good feeling about our political leaders? Yeah, have a, a good comfort about all that. Well, let's uh, be a little bit, use our imagination a little bit this morning. What if the United States on, the, on U.S. soil, we discovered a substance only in the United States that a piece about the size of a quarter, and it's plenteous in our country, and a piece about the size of a quarter would power from the sun your home for a year. Or a piece about the size of a dime would power from the sun your car for 10 years. Or a speck of dust of this material found only in the United States, and you mix it with trash from a landfill, and it powers our homes and and our automobiles. We wouldn't need power plants, lines run everywhere. And, and this works even if it's cloudy or even if we have a volcano and, the, and, and all that stuff. This is going to work no matter what. Clear up our landfills, power everything. So then, if, if we had that, would you have consolation about our economy then? And we could sell this overseas as well. So, Penny, if we found that, I'd have consolation about our economy. I would, I would have a good feeling about our country and, and about our, well, at least about our, our, our uh, economy anyway. What else would give us good consolation? Well, 
One speck of this, one dust-like particle of this material is found only in the United States. You take that and inject it into the bloodstream, and it cures all known diseases. And this same speck of dust that's injected into all of, no side effects. Well, there is one side effect. It, now, it cures of all known diseases, so everybody's going to want this. But there's one side effect. It causes all of our politicians to only speak the truth. And if they didn't, it'd be like Pinocchio. Then how would you, how would you feel then about our economy and about our politicians and everything that would have a whole bunch of new ones all at once? Well, anyway. <laughs> but they can speak only the truth. My goodness. I'd have consolation. I would have good comfort. I would, I would, I would be in a good place. I'd feel really good about things. Well, I don't have much uh, expectation that that's going to happen. But we can see, boy, that would, that would be good. That would be great, wouldn't it? So that would be great for the years that we live upon the earth. But what about consolation or comfort about your eternal life? What about consolation or comfort about the salvation? What about that? That would be, not that would be, that is more important than our time here on earth. Our time here on earth, yeah, lying politicians and, and uh, energy and problems and all that, well, we'll, we'll uh, be with us, I guess, as long as, uh, as long as we're on this earth, as long as a short period of time that we're on the earth. But how about our eternal salvation? Do you or can we have consolation? Can we have comfort? Uh, can we have good feeling? And I kind of hate using the word good feeling, but it's certainly good feeling goes along with consolation. Great comfort. So let me read in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And verse 16. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, who hath loved us, hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. So there's consolation that's been given to us. And let me read that in a couple other places. So that's what we want to talk about. And we want to talk about the consolation, the important consolation, about our everlasting life, about our salvation. It'd be nice to have the politicians telling the truth. It'd be nice to have an energy like that. But that's only for a period of time. And you might say, in case some of you was really listening close and trying to pick at my examples, well, if it cures all known diseases, then we'd all live forever here on the earth. 
Well, no, there's still death. There's still car wrecks. And in other words, the Lord would still have a way to take us home. Might all be in the rapture. How about that? <laughs> but anyway, so, but we've been given consolation about the most important thing. And so our eternal life about the salvation of our soul. And we have this gift already given to us. While we're on this earth with all the miserable things that we don't like about it, we still can have this consolation. We've still been given this consolation. So in the Second Corinthians, the first chapter, we'll read a couple other places. And I don't know how many places the word's used in the scriptures. It seems like, I don't know, maybe... 15 or 20, I'm not sure, but we'll read a couple here. Uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1. And uh, starting in verse 5. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. The sufferings of Christ calls us to abound in this consolation, realizing what it paid for. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same suffering, which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted. It is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the sufferings, so shall ye be also of the consolation. Now, the comfort and everything is not just, not just once we get the glory. Once we get the glory, you can, we can read about that a little bit, that we could understand in, in Revelation and other places what uh, glory will be like and New Jerusalem and so forth. And certainly there's consolation there. But we have consolation now. Jan, knowing where our eternal life will be. We have that consolation now. We have that comfort now. And I may be concerned about lying politicians and gasoline prices. And, and the price of food is the one that really gets me. I want to be able to eat. But anyway, but we can have comfort about the important thing, our eternal life. Hebrew also, we see consolation there in verse 6. Hebrew 6 and verse 17. Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of the promise, the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things, in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation, who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, 
which entereth into that within the veil. We have a song. We sing about that anchor, don't we? We have an anchor. And Penny, on behalf of your sister Jean, who's no longer with us, I won't sing that. <laughs> anyway, and then uh, verse 20, where the forerunner is for us entered even Jesus, made in high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So we have this strong consolation given to us. And, and, and we have the promise from God, and God can't lie. So we have comfort. We have this uh, strong uh, consolation about our eternal life, about our salvation. And again, uh, what, what, what more could we ask for? Now, we see consolation even where the word is not used, because, again, the word's used, I, I, again, I think maybe 15 or 20 times, but we see it on every page. Consolation, reason to have this good comfort about the most important thing, salvation and our eternal life. And let's read a couple of them, and, and yes, I know we talk about a lot. I'm going to Ephesians chapter 1, the the probably the most hated book uh, in the Bible. But I, and we don't read the word consolation, but boy, do we get it. Do we get the feeling? Do we get the understanding of consolation? Do we get the comfort about our eternity? And certainly we do. And Ephesians 1, and, and I'm going to start in verse 4. But again, think of the consolation we have here Think of the comfort. Think of the peace. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him in love. <clears throat> That's how I will be presented before him whenever I leave this earth. Holy and without blame. Because he chose me in Christ. And he didn't do it after he saw how good or how bad I was going to be before the foundation of the world. So I don't see the word consolation here, but I certainly see the effect of this gives us strong consolation. Verse 5, having predestinated us, the adoptions of sons by Jesus Christ himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. So this was predestinated, pre and boy, there's a hated word too. I uh, uh, mentioned, I haven't mentioned it for a while, but was going to a doctor one time, it's been several years ago, and, and I went every Monday for almost a year, and it wasn't long, we was talking about scriptures and so forth, and, and you used the word predestination, she said, well... She said, we're kind of still in the, in the Bible Belt here. And she said, that's a, that's a hated word. <laughs> and it is. I've told you the story that I had heard. I heard it second-handed, and then I heard it first-handed. But there was a, a, a not very far from here, a place that has a steeple and a, and a building, a steeple on top. And I'd heard that if you use the word predestination in the building or on the premises, he was automatically excluded. 
And Penny, I'd heard that for years. <clears throat> I was in Florida one time talking to an individual, told him I heard that, and he, I said, I don't know if it's true or not, this is what I heard. He said, yes, he said, I was right in the middle of it. Yes, it was true. So it's a hated word. <clears throat> but do I hate it? I find strong consolation in that he is predestinated and predetermined, and, and he can't lie. His will will come to pass. Verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace through which he hath made us accepted in the beloved. So am I, are we accepted to God? He's made us that way. Made us acceptable. Be presented holy without blame. I don't see the word consolation, but yet I get great comfort. I get consolation knowing this, that he has revealed this unto us. Verse 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. Well, you say that's forgiveness of sins. That's according if you turn over a new leaf and you clean up your life and so forth. Well, it is according to something, but not according to that. It says, according to the riches of his grace. Eight, in which he hath abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, and whom also we have obtained an inheritance. This is our internal inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose. And again, it's according to something. Is it according to how good you are? According to the purpose of him who worketh all things at the counsel of his own will, not your free will. So again, I don't see the word consolation, but I see nothing but consolation. Nothing but comfort. Now, I've been on the other side of that penny. <laughs> I've been to where I didn't have strong consolation. I didn't have any consolation. I didn't have any comfort. I was terrified of the thoughts of God. And I was trying to trying not to think about God, and the more I tried not to think about it, the more I thought about it. Trying to, is there a place to hide? I, so I didn't have strong consolation. And as I began to really study the scriptures for myself, and I got in the law of Moses, in the law of Moses, I didn't see Jesus Christ in the law of Moses, although he's there, but I didn't see it. And so did I find strong consolation in those scriptures? Not then. Not then. Didn't find any comfort, any consolation. Made me want to hide, run and hide more. Let's, uh, again, we can find strong consolation on every page in the scriptures. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Certainly I find strong 
consolation, comfort. No longer need to run and hide from God. No longer need to run and hide from God, my loving Heavenly Father, because I didn't see him that way before. Romans 8, and let's just read verse 28, of course. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. Do you get consolation from that? We get down, we get concerned about certain circumstances in our life and maybe get bent out of shape or something. But if the Lord brings us back to our, our, our right mind, as he did Nebuchadnezzar, we say, well, you know what? I don't like this the way it is right now. But this is working together for my good somehow. And it's in control of my loving Heavenly Father. So we find consolation there. Even consolation, yes, now upon the earth before we have enter into uh, uh, the New Jerusalem. But let's read on here in, in Romans. Again, don't see the word consolation, but certainly we see the comfort. For whom he did foreknow, he also did, there's that word again, predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. Now those that he foreknew and predestinated to be confirmed to the image of his Son Will they be conformed to the image of his son? And absolutely yes. Not according to them, but according to him. Conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. Will they answer the call? He said in, in John 10, My sheep hear my voice, they follow me. Now, we also, John 10 also says that, that uh, those that are not his sheep won't hear his voice and won't hear the call. So, more, uh, moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? I hear a lot of talk about Satan on television and, and different people. A lot of talk about Satan. I talk about Satan occasionally uh, uh, in my message at the conference. I talk about Satan. He was real. He's a tool in God's hand. And God has given him power. But the power comes from God, and God is the power. But if God's for us, who can be against us? Again, I hear them talk about Satan. They, the world talks about Satan as if the battle between you and Satan. Well, who's going to win that battle? But that's not the way it is. The battle is not really a battle. There's Satan. He's doing exactly, Satan, the tool. He's doing exactly what God causes him what God has predestinated for him to do. So, if God's for us, who can be against us? Does that not give you strong consolation, strong comfort? And again, I, I remember not having that consolation. What a terrible place it is to be. And as I, as I talk to people, and, uh, 
in the world uh, today, and they talk about, well, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I've been good enough or not. I, uh, talking to an individual that I've known about 20 years, uh, he, uh, he has cancer now, and uh, it's, it's stage four. He's taking some treatments and things. But uh, uh, he's talking about maybe coming out to services, but we've been talking some. But uh, he has been looking at life as most people do. Have I been good enough to make it? And most people, if they're honest with themselves, will say, no. And there's no consolation in that, is there? But if God's for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Now, let me just point this out. You say, well, that's all, that's everybody. Well, look at the next verse. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? That's the all that is speaking of in verse 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, all his elect. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So he gave his son, Jesus Christ. So is he going to lay anything to our charge? Verse 33, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Shall God justify us? God, you don't have to have a terrorizing fear of God, terrorizing fear of, of leaving this earth. He's not going to lay anything in your charge. Why? It's already been paid. Who is he that condemneth? Well, Satan, you know, he's going to be there condemning, and there's other people in this world that, uh, boy, you, maybe you've done wrong. They're going to be there condemning. So? If that were even true, so? If God's not going to lay anything to charge, who is he that condemneth? Shall Christ that died, yea, rather, who is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us? If it were a scene and we're standing there and all the, if Satan, all these people's bringing charges, I don't think it'll be like that, but if we would view it that way, and there's nothing, I don't think there's anything wrong viewing it as uh, something like that. But then we have Jesus Christ making intercession for us, all we have to say, paid for that, paid for that, paid for that. Strong consolation and comfort. Uh, and then verse 35, what shall separate us from the love of Christ? See, there, there's a, uh, this is kind of hated, uh, we can call it the doctrine of security, that we can't fall from God's grace. We can't fall from God's love. We can't be separated from God's love. And that's what this teaches, and I'll read a little more. And the reason it's hated, people that don't understand will say, well, 
if I believe that, I'll just go do whatever, you know. If you can't fall from God's grace, if you can't fall from God's love. But it says, what shall separate us from the love of Christ? So I, I, we could stop here and ask people, okay, make your list out. Make your list out of things that can separate us from the love of Christ and the love of God. Make your list out. And they might come up with a pretty good list. But I'll tell you what, this covers it. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? And again, I find strong consolation in this. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? And go ahead and skip down to verse 38. For I am persuaded that neither... Now listen to this. Verse 38 and 39 covers everything. Everything that you might have on your list... It's covered here, that cannot separate us. For I'm persuaded that neither death can't separate us from the love of Christ and God. Life, things in this life can't separate us. Nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Nor heights, nor depths, nor any other creation or creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now that covers everything. Nothing, those that he has elected and chosen cannot be separated from his love. And I've told you the story before. I heard a man preaching on this on television. It's been many years ago now. And he was, he was reading and reading this and Penny, I thought, wow, you just don't hear this very often. And he went down through there, and he said, nothing can separate you. Nothing, 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 nothing. And then he got to the end. <clears throat> he said, nothing can separate you from the love of Christ and the love of God, except you. And I thought, my Bible doesn't say that, neither did his. Did, did he have strong consolation? No, because what did, it, what did his comfort, what did his consolation depend on? Him. Him not separating himself from the love of God. But this says nothing. So don't read the word consolation here in Romans 8 chapter. The boy is full of, it's full of, consolation and comfort. Uh, let's uh, also, again, you can read it on every page. Let's go to Hebrew, the, the seventh chapter maybe, uh, a scripture that I dearly love. Well, I guess I dearly love all of them, but uh, <clears throat> one that gives me, again, Strong consolation. So we just read there, nothing can separate me from the love of God. Nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. So if Christ loves me, how much security, how much consolation can I have in that? What if he fails? Okay, I can't be separated from his love, but does his love have limitations? Now there are, are uh, 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 we have 
loved one, there are parents that have children, and they have the deepest love that, that you can measure on the earth. But yet things still happen to them. Why? Because their love, our love, has limitations. We don't have enough power to control all these things. So there's certainly a, a young child feels consolation in their parent being there protecting them from the boogeyman and, and all those things. But what about, it says nothing can separate us from his love. How much consolation do we get from that? Okay, he loves us. So what? Uh, let's see. Wrong chapter. Hebrew 7 and 25. Talking about uh, Jesus Christ, unchangeable priesthood or high priest. And then verse 25. Wherefore he, Jesus Christ, is able to save them to the uttermost. And uttermost, I, I, I love that word. We got a song, we don't sing it very often. He's able to save them to, he's able to save them to the uttermost. And that means no other means possible. You can't be any more saved. I, I, I use silly illustrations because that's all I can come up with. But we could say, well, okay, this building, we want to make it safer as far as maybe fire protection. We got a little bale back there. We got a couple pull stations. And, and uh, they haven't been tested in years. <laughs> uh, we have uh, probably no battery backup on it. We have exit lights here. But, and I think in building this, I, I believe the seats and the carpet had the, uh, and I think even the wood, uh, interior wood, uh, was uh, treated, Chuck, you know, you can treat wood with fire protection and everything. So I think it was treated for fire protection. We say, well, what else could we do? Uh, there's more things we could do. We could put in a sprinkler system. Uh, we could, uh, uh, well, we could take out some of the things that are not, some of the things that are flammable. We could build the whole thing with just blocks and, and, and bricks and everything and maybe metal and, and so forth. There's a lot we could do. It's not, we're not safe to the uttermost as far as fire protection in this building. We got, we got a couple of fire extinguishers. But we're not safe to the uttermost. So if we exhausted every possible thing that there was in fire protection, then we can say, well, it's safe to the uttermost. And that's what this is. Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost. So when it says, what can separate us? It asks a question and goes to tell us, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. He is that he elected and predestinated from before the foundation of the world. Absolutely nothing can separate you from that. And he's able to save to the uttermost. What more consolation, what more comfort could you have? You could, couldn't have any more. And 
Brother Olson, many years ago, out in the old building, standing behind his pulpit, he says, I'm as sure as being in heaven as if I was already there. And that's a true statement. He's in heaven now, but he's not any safer, he's not any more saved than I am. Saved to the uttermost. Can't be any more saved. Whenever I get there, I won't be more saved than I am now. I don't see the word consolation, but boy, I see nothing but consolation. Uh, again, we could go to every scripture in the Bible and, and, and get consolation, but let's go back to our text as we close. Second Thessalonians 2 and 16. And listen to what it says. I'll read a little slower this time. It talks about consolation. So it says, Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself. So sometimes we have political events and things like that. And, and maybe the governor, instead of coming or something, uh, he'll send the representative, maybe lieutenant governor, maybe somebody else. Or uh, the president uh, may send the vice president or secretary of state to a uh, foreign country or something and not go himself. But this is, says, now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, and not just God, and, and I love this, because I didn't always see this. And God, even our Father. So we think about our, our, our earthly fathers who were not perfection, of course, but we think of the love. God, all-powerful, almighty God, and our loving Heavenly Father. So now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, who hath loved us, what can separate from that love? Nothing, not even yourself. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, who hath loved us, hath given. And we know what it means to be given something. Given us. What? Everlasting consolation. Everlasting. Everlasting doesn't mean just that it'll last forever. It means perpetual, eternal. Past, present, future. He's given us an everlasting consolation. Now, I didn't know it, and I didn't recognize it years ago because I didn't have it, but it was there. Given us an everlasting consolation and good hope. And this hope is not a maybe hope. It's a desire with expectation. And it says, through grace. Grace is some different definitions, but unmerited favor from God, is, I think, is the best. So let me read this once more, and we'll close. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, who hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation 
and good hope through grace. You know, you hear so many people, I don't know if I've ever said it or not, I, I don't think I have, but you hear people say certain circumstances, boy, it doesn't get any better than this. Well, I'll state it about this. It doesn't get any better than this. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed.